on this seemingly normal Wednesday. I have a lot of things to say, amazingly. Every once in a while, these uh, readings and then the saints and everything sort of converge in a really unusual way, and kind of sometimes a personal way, um, just from our, our own experiences. And so one of the things that's really really unique about the saints today is something, that, I don't know, maybe, maybe a couple of you know this, but I have a feeling like almost nobody knows this. So saints Nereus and Achilles are two ancient Roman martyrs. They were two Roman soldiers, and it was said that they were converted by St. Peter himself. But one of the things that was unique is that they were in the household of a saint named uh, St. Flavia, Flavia Domitila. And so St. Flavia is actually her bones, I don't, maybe not her complete, you know, all of her bones, but, but some, some quite major ones are actually in the altar at St. Patrick downtown. And so we have an ancient Roman martyr right there. So we celebrate the two ancient Roman martyrs that are greatly responsible for an influence on St. Flavia. So if you actually go to St. Patrick, there is um, uh, an altar front that comes off, and I think Father Timothy has, has it taken off most of these days, because there's actually like a wax statue that covers as a reliquary the bones of St. Flavia. And so these two soldiers were a great influence on her to, there's sometimes there's a couple in these, in these ancient saints you know, of course, they just didn't think to record tons and tons of things about them. So, uh, but one of, one of the legends or one of the stories is that they influenced her to be a consecrated virgin to Christ. And then she was eventually martyred for her belief in Christ, for refusing to sacrifice to idols. So she, she was a true witness to the faith, as were these two saints today who were converted by St. Peter. And, you know, conversion is just such an amazing thing because you see in that first reading when St. Paul is in Athens. So this is just one of those, those particular times where I happened to get that opportunity to go there. So I think I've mentioned to all of you before that the, the guys at um, the North American College in Rome always do kind of a pilgrimage together as, as an archdiocese. So all of the guys who are here studying for our archdiocese will always go on a pilgrimage after exams in, in February. And so, you know, it's always some amazingly cool place, like a Marian apparition, uh, you know, like Lourdes or Fatima or some other different places like that. And so we went to, um, we went to Greece one time, and we went to Athens, and Archbishop Sample actually came, uh, came with us on that particular trip. And so we went, and we stood there, right there on that same rock where the Areopagus is, and St. Paul was actually preaching to the people of Athens. And in um, Archbishop Sample, we actually had him read from this very reading that we read today. And one of the amazing things about that is uh, you can see how he has a particular approach. So St. Paul is trying to like figure out how to enter in and convert those people. You know, he sort of commends them for their religiosity. And then, but, but then he brings up this amazing, amazing thing. He's just like, I see that you have an altar to an unknown God. And, you know, I mean, I'd like to think if you read in between the lines, he's like, how dumb is that? <laughs> you know, and, and it's just like, he's trying to explain to them. He's just like, why in the world do you have an altar to a God that you don't even know? The God who created everything, the God, that's the God we know. He actually has revealed himself to us. And that's, that's the man that I come to preach to all of you about today. But the funny thing about that situation is that, and you can even see it there. You could see they're like, you know, talking about the, you know, raising of the dead and different things like that. They're like, 
we're going to have to hear you speak on this some other time. You know, like their own arrogance or something like that wasn't really able to be converted. It says a few people converted in Athens, but they were actually fairly hard-nosed overall. That's why you see that we don't have a letter to the Athenians, but we have a letter to the Corinthians. You'll notice the very last lines in that reading is then, and then he went next to Corinth. And so he goes to Corinth, and when he goes to Corinth, Corinth is probably one of the best descriptions I could possibly think of of a modern-day Portland, Oregon. I mean, if you read some of the descriptions of Corinth, I mean, it was just considered a very depraved place morally. You know, it's, it's a port city, and so they would have things like human trafficking and prostitution and grave moral depravity within their society. And so who are the people that actually end up listening to the gospel, not really the Athenians that have many gods and have many philosophies and thoughts. They're like, oh, you're going to have to do a lot more convincing because I'm a very smart person and I don't really like what you're saying. You know, and so that's kind of the Athenian attitude. But in Corinth, many, many people start converting to the faith. So much so that there is a church, an ancient church founded there. And then St. Paul has that letter to the Corinthians, not just one, but two, because he corresponds back and forth with them so very much. And so one of the things that it gets down to, and you see it in the gospel, is again, it is a personal God, one that knows you and one that knows me. It's not the idea of a God that set the world in motion and then he steps back from it and he just sees, well, well let's, let's see what happens with all these folks. No, we're actually intimately involved with him and St. Paul is trying to get them to understand that. You know, this is not an unknown, unnamed God. It is somebody that you can actually know. Last night we had um, confirmation here for a bunch of young people. And uh, Bishop Smith had reminded them that there is a great responsibility within you about how the Holy Spirit will act within you. One of the things he said to them is he's like, if this is just some really nice Catholic ceremony for all of you, then that's all it will be, some really nice Catholic ceremony. But if you have a real open, if your response is an openness to have a relation with God, then you could be unbelievably led and inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's just like, because again, those gifts will have no action within you, those spiritual gifts, unless you're disposed to, to God. You're disposed to the Spirit. Our free will can effectively block God, <laughs> you know? Again, in the end, he, he reminded everybody there last night that, you know, we see often, we think, oh, God's judgment. He, judge, he, he judges us to damnation or to hell. It's like, no, we choose that. With our own free will, we choose to be with Christ or we choose to be against him or separate ourselves from him. It's us pushing away or us blocking the spirit. I often like to think about it as our own guardian angel. Each one of us has a guardian angel. But if you're constantly doing this, to hear, you know, get out of my way, then they're going to be trying to protect you and guide you to all kinds of things in your life. 
but with your own free will, if you keep choosing sin, it's like effectively just pushing them out of your way, you know, or just sticking your fingers in your ears because you don't want to hear what they have to say. But if you're open to, if you're disposed to the Spirit, even like many of those people who had a lot of sin in their life in Corinth, then you can completely change your life. You can absolutely change your life as you build this relationship up with Christ. And as we see just with the saints we celebrate today, it was St. Peter's influence of passing the faith on, St. Paul's influence of passing the faith on, that it got past other people, like St. Flavia, who is under that altar there at St. Patrick's. So we continue to pass these things on to our children and to others who believe, but we have to convince them that God is not just sitting back and uninterested in you. He actually truly wants a relationship with you as we would have a relationship with each other. God bless you all.